It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome in. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. JMV here. Heavy Sports Cafe on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're going to start giving away tickets to the Titans-Colts game on Sunday at 15 after 6 here. So if you're in and around the area, I know a lot of you are on your way to high school football games, and I respect that. And certainly got a big one down the road here in Mooresville with East Central and Mooresville. But if you are in the area and you want to stop by and sign up, you certainly can do that here. Meantime, as we start out Colts Happy Hour, Week 8 of the NFL underway last night. Uh, Green Bay with an incredibly impressive win at previously unbeaten Arizona. And I got dinged by that because Kyler Murray is my fantasy quarterback, and he was terrible last night. I think he went for like nine points. Maybe the most impressive win of anybody this season, and I know we could debate that. But Aaron Rodgers playing without Devontae Adams, playing without uh, Lazard, uh, Tudyan got injured, the Indiana State grad, the tight end during the game, playing without so much, and then willing that team to a win last night was pretty impressive. I don't know where that might rank as impressive wins this season, but doing that on the road. Now, again, you're on the road, but in Arizona, there was also a ton of Green Bay fans in the building too. But it was one of the more impressive wins of the season, and no doubt about that. Meantime, One of the biggest games of the season, the biggest certainly in the month of October in a long time for the Colts, coming up on Sunday, the Titans and the Colts, round two at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's a 1 o'clock start. I get you started on the ride to kick off at 9 a.m. for the Bullseye Event Center. Touchdown town for me, the Gore man, Joe Wrights, and Bill Brooks from 10 until noon on Sunday. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about is how you stop Derrick Henry. Now, granted, you go back to week number three, And it wasn't about those usual suspects for the Titans. It was more about the backup support group and the fact that the Colts defensively turned Tennessee over three times. So it wasn't so much about Derrick Henry. Had a good game, but it wasn't so much about him. All right, here's your truth or trash question. The Colts will keep Derrick Henry under 25 carries. Truth or trash on Sunday. Now to do that, to do that, Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to have a lead. To do that, you're going to have to sustain a lead by, you would think, certainly a score, if not two. Henry is leading the league in essentially every running category. Appears to be on his way to his third consecutive rushing title. First meeting the Colts did a good job holding him somewhat in check. As I mentioned, had 113 yards, which is nice, but at the same time, it wasn't the difference maker it was others the supporting cast that were the defensive makers to me the support group that was the difference makers in that game for the titans against the colts back in week number three so uh, to hold derrick henry under 25 carries would mean that you're going to have to have a lead sustain a lead and maybe even more so have a two score lead 
So if you think they're going to do that at JMV 1070, you certainly can tell me why that is truth or trash. A lot more coming, including Rick Venturi and the conversation with the former NFL coach from the radio booth he and Matt Taylor are going to have. That is coming up a little bit later on in this Colts Happy Hour. But as we always start, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, a conversation with head coach Frank Reich. Matt, go ahead. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report with Frank Reich, and it's the Colts and the Titans on Sunday, and it's a big game. Coach, you know it's a big game. They know it's a big game. The standings say it's a big game. How do you and the team stay grounded knowing that when the football's kicked off on Sunday, you just got to make plays and you can't be too hyped? Well, that's that's exactly it. You know, we've been talking about this little mantra of not too high, not too low. Of course, it's an emotional game, but uh, you can't let that control you. It really comes down to execution, play in and play out for 60 minutes. And so that, that's, that's what you do as a team. You focus on that during the week. You have good practices. You know, you get dialed in in your meetings on what you're going to do, what, how we're going to do it, what we're expecting from them. And then, you know, you go out there and there's a little hype and juice to it, but you got to control that and then really just comes down to executing on the field. Coach, when you look back on that first meeting with Tennessee about a month ago, where have the Colts improved since then that gives you confidence that in this second game with the Titans it'll be a different story? Yeah, Matt, I really think we've improved in every area. I mean, you know, offensively I think our run game's in better shape. You know, our pass game is, is, is much better shape. You know, we're getting chunks down the field. Carson's playing. He's healthy and playing well. You know, defensively, I think we're playing, you know, more consistent, coming off in a, a really good effort against the 49ers, playing good situational football. Um, you know, they were one for 11 on third down. But, you know, all those things in the past, they, you know, those are just – those mean nothing going into this big rivalry game, mm-hmm. division rivalry game against the Titans. But, um, you know, I do feel like we're a much better team now than we were then. You know, Coach, I know it's tough to do, but if you could remove yourself as the head coach of the Colts, how awesome is it as a, as a football fan to watch this game featuring the two best running backs in the league squaring off and Jonathan Taylor for the Colts and Derrick Henry for Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Man, this is a game I would, I would not want to miss. I mean, if I'm a fan, I mean, this is, you know, division rivalry, two premier elite running backs, you know, two quarterbacks that are playing really good football mm-hmm. right now. So, one of the things I love about these games, Matt, you know, you've been around this league a long time, but one of the things I love about this game is, and you just don't know until you got it. And then you got to show up and you got to play down in and, you know, play in and play out. And um, that's what makes these games so exciting. Well, when when you play Derrick Henry, you know, you're going to see a heavy dose of number 22. They want to give him the ball, you know, 25 times per game, but how much can your offense help the defense in a game like this? They're number two in time of possession and they're finishing drives during their three-game winning streak with a lot of efficiency. Yeah, they've been very efficient on offense, and they've been the ones controlling the ball. So it really comes down to complementary football. So you're exactly right that, you know, offensively, you know, we, we have to do a good job of sustaining drives and, and scoring points. And not just three, they need to be seven to put the pressure on their offense. And, you know, and then conversely, the defense, you know, has to do – we, we have to do our part on defense – you know, and get uh, get a stop or two early. You know what I mean? Early in the game, um, in all three phases, you know, we need to step up. We're not just make plays in the fourth quarter when we need them. We need to step up and make some plays in the first quarter, you know, to get a lead and to force this team to, you know, try to play from behind. You know, Darius Leonard said this week that he's healthier now than at any other point this season with that ankle. 
He's just remarkable. Coach, eight takeaways this season has a takeaway in five straight games. How tough is it to not take Darius Leonard for granted with all that he does on the field and then for your team during the week leading up to game day? Yeah, it's very difficult um, because the guy, he, he just makes – he makes it look easy, mm-hmm. and you know that that that's the that's the problem. You know he makes it look easy. Those turnovers that he creates, um, he just has this knack. We talk about it all the time, but I think that is one of the definitions of of a great player that they make the difficult things look easy. And certainly Darius does that. I want to go special teams. How about Rigoberto Sanchez? He's been great all season, but he's won AFC Special Teams Player of the Week for you twice this month. What has he meant to the success of the team playing well here lately in terms of control and field position? I mean, we all know he's he's a weapon. Now, this guy, um, we, we've known it since I've been here. I remember when I got here, Chris told me, hey, man, wait till you see the punter we have. He's one of the best in the league. And Rigo has not disappointed. He is week in and week out. He's been Mr. Consistency. And then on top of that, it's, it's not just been consistent. It's been high level. I mean, high level stuff. Um, he's a playmaker. I mean, he's a playmaker, and uh, I'm really glad he's our punter. All right, let's talk Titans defense going into this game. Harold Landry, he has seven and a half sacks for the Titans. That unit only is uh, two sacks away from totaling their sack total from last year, and we're not even in week eight yet. What makes their front four so tough to deal with? And it appears, Coach, they're getting it done without blitzing a lot. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're just talented. They're good players. Um, you know, across the front, you know, you got Simmons and Danico. You got Dupree, right, and then you got Harold Landry, and that's just you know that's just the start. So um, they're all four individually good rushers, mm-hmm. and then with the package that they have, the stunts that they run, and then when they do, like you said, Matt, they don't do a ton of pressuring, but when they do, it's effective, and uh, and they work it well. So uh, the good news is that they got. I mean, even though they have four really talented pass rushers, we got five really talented offensive linemen. So. That's what makes for a great matchup. Well, if you look at the unit, they've been up and down a little bit so far this season on defense. They're definitely at their best, though, when they play with a lead. And you can say that about a lot of defenses. But can you compare and contrast that defense with the lead and without it? What makes them a better group when they're ahead on the scoreboard? Yeah, well, there's no question what you're saying is true. And so the key for us is, you know, we got to be able to not only get a lead, but we got to be able to run the football as well, you know, and – to, to slow down a pass rush, there, there's two ways to do that. One, you get the lead, and two, you 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 know you, you run the football. You know you'll be able to run the football, play action, and mix it and mix up the rhythm of your passing game, so that they can't zero in on you. So that, that's what we got to do offensively. I know the red zone was kind of a sticking point at the beginning of this season, but the Colts are five of their last seven inside the red zone scoring touchdowns. Coach, what do you like about the execution lately inside the 20 yard line? I mean, we're running the ball better down there. You know, Carson's been, you know, accurate and good down there. Um, guys are just doing a good job really at executing. And so we got to stay on that. We can't take it for granted. We know it's important. It's obviously critically important in a game of this magnitude. No doubt about that. All right, finally, Coach, any other keys to this game in order to beat the Titans in Week 8? Well, you mentioned it with Darius and his ability to get the ball out. You know, the last time we played this team, you know, we created three turnovers, and I, and honestly, Matt, that, you know, that kept us in the game, and, uh, and you know, and really made it the game because when I wasn't really happy with how we coached and played that game, um, but those turnovers really gave us a chance. So um, we we need to continue to get those turnovers. That that's been part of the DNA, part of the 
you know, the signature mm-hmm. thing that our defense has been doing all year. So that, that's got to be big. And then, like I alluded to earlier, on both sides of the ball, we got to be good in the red zone. You know, defense, they're going to move the ball on offense. You know, they got a good offense. They're going to move it. But we got to limit them to field goals and, and not too many touchdowns. And then conversely, when we have the ball, we, we got to get it all the way in the end zone. No doubt about that. It's a division showdown. Colts and Titans round number two, Lucas Oil Stadium. Coach, many thanks for the time before the game and good luck against Tennessee. Thanks, Matt. That's uh, Matt Taylor, Frank Reich right there on Colts Happy Hour. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. In Camby's our location today. We're going to thank everybody here at Heavy Sports Cafe for having us. Again, Pacers coming up top of the hour. We've got the Pacer pregame show for you. Pacers in Brooklyn uh, well, frankly, just trying to play and show a little bit better than they did on Wednesday night in Toronto. First of a back-to-back, Brooklyn tonight, back at home tomorrow versus the Toronto Raptors at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. First things first, pregame show coming at you tonight. That is at 7 o'clock. Again, heavy sports cafe, Bud Light Blue Friday. More to come, including, I might just say, a relatively unknown Colts player. If that is actually a real thing to you Colts fans out there, I'll shed a little bit of light, have Matt Taylor and that interview for you coming up on the other side. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Cowboy. Cowboy. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, Sean Matthews is the voice of the Jambi Takeover. Most of the time, but tomorrow night, got a little Sammy Terry action for you on B105.7. Six until midnight, a little Halloween soundtrack. If you got a Halloween party going on wherever you are, turn us on and enjoy the Halloween soundtrack in the background. The truth or trash question regarding Derrick Henry, under 25 carries on Sunday, truth or trash? get back to some of those answers in just a bit you know i mentioned the relative unknown you know normally you know absolutely everybody but do you know very much whatsoever until you saw him for the first time regarding anthony chelsea and matt taylor the voice of the colts has a little bit more on one of the more unknown colts on this roster matt all right, thank you, JMV. We are indeed joined by Colts cornerback Anthony Chesley, fresh off his first fumble recovery in the NFL the other night against the San Francisco 49ers. Anthony, thanks for the time today, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want to go back to that, that driving rain in San Francisco. Man, that was an insane game. Have you ever played in anything like that in your college career or peewee football, anything close to that weather that man. you dealt with last Sunday? I have it, man. It's, it was truly an experience. You know, uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, first half, it was all cool. But then the second half, it, it kept raining. Like, man, it was cold. We shivering. <laughs> but it was a great win. Great win in the harsh conditions. What was the locker room celebration like after that game? Everybody's drenched in, in rain. And, uh, you know, just t- take me in the locker room after that sloppy win. Didn't look great, but, hey, win's a win. Oh, man, the win was amazing. Like, as soon as we got uh, in the um, locker room, it was an instant celebration. At first, we were, you know, cold, shivering, but 
instantly warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that body heat inside that locker room got everybody warmed up a little bit. And in the game, yep. you recorded your first career fumble recovery uh, against the 49ers. Talk to me about that play. What went through your mind when you saw the pigskin on the ground ready there for your taking? Yeah, man, what a blessing, man. God is good. Man, honestly, man, Darius Leonard, as always, doing what he does best. Um, I'm going I'm going in for a tackle, and then suddenly I see the ball. So why not fall on it? <laughs> why not fall on it? <laughs> now, do you do you keep that ball? It's your, your first career takeaway, correct? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm keeping that for life. <laughs> I may put that on my tombstone, man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, you, you got a long way to go before you get there. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. you've seen a lot of snaps in the last couple of weeks, Anthony. How was how that helping your development and helping your confidence in, in year number three in the NFL? Oh, for sure, man. It's necessary. You know, um, a lot of these snaps, is first and foremost, is, is a great experience, you know, the the uh, best teacher is experienced. So so uh, being out there playing nickel and corner has you know has has uh, basically expanded my horizon and and allowed me to get mm-hmm. you know uh, just just a better feel of the game at a higher level. Yeah, that's Anthony Chesley with us, third year in the NFL, first year with the Indianapolis Colts. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, in, in August uh, there at, at Grand Park up in Westfield, Anthony, I took notice of you in training camp in the preseason. Where do you think you've improved since the start of the season, you know, up until this point right now heading into week eight? I would say, man, it's more, you know, I've accepted the fact of how mental this game is. So a lot of my strides has been mental. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may you may not see it, but I see it. You know, it's just a matter of staying calm, um, digesting the whole formation, the whole playbook updates, things of that nature. I've, I've, I've become a, a better pro at that as opposed to my, my first year in the NFL. So, it's just the whole maturation process of being in the, in the NFL and learning through all the bumps and bruises. No doubt about that. Where do you think for you the game has slowed down from your rookie season? Um, me playing corner and a nickel, it has allowed me to understand the game from a different level. Um, I guess playing two, like you have no choice but to understand what what everybody's doing in the field. Sure. And not only that, on special teams, I've learned I've learned a lot as well. Like the player I was now and the player I was last year, or or even last week. It's different. I'm, I'm always growing, always learning something new. So it never ends. Anthony Chesley with us. What do you like about this defense under Matt Eberflus? What about the scheme? What about the way the Colts play suits you as a player? You know, it's it's it's, it's so fundamentally based. Um, we're all about getting the ball out. So every day we get constant reminders. Get the ball out. No matter what happens, do your assignment, key technique, but get the ball out. <laughs> so how can you not, you know, get that? Yeah, I mean, you brought up Darius Leonard earlier as far as that goes and his, you know, just instinctive ability to get the football out. How do you think that's rubbed off on you? Where do you think you've become a better, you know, takeaway player on defense? Yeah, no doubt. I, I've become more alert, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more uh, more of a ball hawk, more ball savvy. Um, Darius, he has it. He truly has a gift, man. And one day I hope to be that way. But until then, I'll take one day at a time, you know, still be oriented. But, you know, but at the same time, understanding my job and my technique. That's Anthony Chesley with us, third year in the NFL, Colts cornerback with us. And you've also embraced special teams as a way to stick in the NFL and carve out a nice career. How much time, how much dedication goes into special teams for you, Anthony? A lot, man. Starting from Monday, man, I'm just, you know, understanding personnel, understanding our opponent, understanding how I have to play. Um, from all four phases, man. You know, special teams is such an important job that is overlooked by many. But 
if you if you know, then you know. Special teams is is, is one of the most important plays in, in the NFL. So I've become accustomed to it, and you know, and taking pride in it. I think a lot of people don't understand that, especially when you watch film for special teams. When you're watching special teams film, Anthony, what all goes into that for the common fan that may not understand that? Yeah, so basically, I'm just looking at um, formation, looking how you know how personnel, how they're playing. Um, how it just got fast? Is he more aggressive? Is, is he more physical? Where what side the kicker tends to ball? The, the um, kicker tends to you know kick the ball to mm-hmm. things of that nature. Things that a fan won't even think about is everything that we think about. So you know that's pretty much it. Anthony Chesley is with us. Anthony, who are some guys that you've learned from that you've studied this year that again are, are rubbing off on you on this Colts defense so far? I would say, man, um, Kenny Moore. Um, Xavier Rose, T.J. Carey, um, a lot of the older guys in the room who who um, who has experience. Um, those guys kind of you know teach me a lot daily. Um, you know, you never know it all. So, mm-hmm. like I said, a man is always learning. So I'm learning every day from everybody. From it doesn't matter if you're a rookie or you're a vet, <laughs> something can be shared. Now you've been with the Bengals, you've been with the Texans in your short career since 2019, and you know, you, you've been part of several roster moves, Anthony. You see that a lot in the NFL. How do you keep focused? How do you keep plugging away? Because, you know, those moves, that just reveals that the NFL can be a cold-hearted, brutal business, but you have to keep plugging along. How do you do that? Yeah, man, honestly, uh, what I've learned is to, you know, control what I can and be the rest of God. Um, a lot of the things in the NFL you have no control of. So what I've learned, you know, I'm still learning that, you know, do my job and and, and let everything else fall and, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Sure. If it's meant to be, it'll be. You know, I just can't stress over things that I have no control over. You know, things mm-hmm. that come when it's supposed to happen. So it's kind of what um, my parents teach, you know, um, preach to me a lot. So it's, it's finally starting to stick in <laughs> and I'm starting to listen. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing how, how much mom and dad actually know and, and the wisdom they can give you if you actually pay attention and listen. Um, hey, let's talk about the Titans. Aside from Derrick Henry, obviously, what makes their offense so difficult to deal with? Yeah, man. So honestly, right now they, they right now, man, the uh, Titans, man, they're hot. You know, so they have a Tannehill. He, he, um, he loves to scramble when he can. You know, but at the end of the day, he's a playmaker. So slants, play action pads, those things of that nature, we have to stop. Of course, you have uh, AJ Brown mm-hmm. and, and uh, Julio Jones. So those are the, you know, those are the weapons that we have to stop. So, first and foremost, it'd be just, you know, knowing what to do, and how to do it. Everything else will fall where they may. Matt Taylor, Anthony Chesley, right there. Colts Happy Hour, ninety-three-five, one zero seven-five. The fan. Hey, by the way, single-game tickets for the Colts twenty twenty-one campaign still on sale, with games including that Thursday nighter coming up with the Jets. The Patriots, Raiders, Buccaneers, and some AFC South rivals still to come to. And you can go to Colts.com slash tickets, Ticketmaster.com as well to get those today. That's what you've been waiting on here. Rick Venturi from the radio booth, along with partner Matt Taylor coming up on the other side. All you need to know about the Week 8 matchup with the Titans and the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up on Sunday. Again, I want to thank everybody here at Heavies in Canby on a Bud Light Blue Friday for being awesome, being a crowded, packed place on a Friday afternoon. This has been a blast. Thank you. 
and we're going to be educated. Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor on the other side. All a part of Colts Happy Hour on a Friday. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Caesars Sportsbook, the sportsbook for the people. Download and get started with a risk-free bet of up to $5,000. Terms and conditions apply must be 21 years or older. We are talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour, heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Hope you're having a great start to a fantastic football slash Halloween 2021 weekend here in central Indiana. The Colts happy hours on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, I'm JMV. We're giving away Titans Colts tickets with Bud Light on a Blue Friday at Heavy Sports Cafe in Camby off of State Road 67. Thank you for joining us. Meantime, I know you always love it, and so do we. We're going to get educated on this Week 8 matchup, which is, as Darius Leonard mentioned yesterday, a must-win situation for the Colts. If they have any thought whatsoever of challenging and or winning the AFC South, got to get it against Tennessee coming up on Sunday. And for more on that matchup, let's go inside the radio booth. The former NFL coach, Rick Venturi, and the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. It's a monster, monster game on Sunday between the Colts and the Titans. The Colts can get back within striking distance in the AFC South with a win. So let's break it down here on Inside Football with Rick Venturi. And, Rick, let's bust out the blueprint and talk about the Titans on offense. Of course, the straw that stirs the drink is Derrick Henry. And not only Henry in the running game, but they're also using him more in the passing game and the screen game. He's led the NFL in rushing in each of the last two seasons. That's the case again through seven games this year. Jonathan Taylor is second in the NFL in rushing yards, and Henry has 290 more yards than Taylor, just to give you some context. Uh, The Titans have been very good on offense, very efficient. They've scored points on 11 of their last 14 drives. Ryan Tannehill is leading the Titans to the sixth best scoring offense, and the last time the Titans played the Colts, Tannehill rushed for a career-high 56 yards, including a back-breaking 28-yard scramble at one point. And they've got playmakers on the outside that complement the running game. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are back to full strength health-wise. So, Rick, what do you make of the Titans' offense here at the halfway point of the season? Yeah, and the amazing thing, they've really had to patch up their offensive line. You know, their left tackle, they finished the game with Bobby Hart, who took over for Lamb, who took over for Luan who was really their number three tackle, who they just acquired a week ago. Uh, Radden's the, 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 the tackle from North Dakota, ends up being the left guard when Saffle, he's been in and out. You know, their right side is average. They've done it with kind of an average offensive line, but they do it because they stay ahead in the count. And that's going to be the critical thing as I, as I get into the, to the must. Again, you hit it on the head. You're talking about a Hall of Fame without question runner, I always try to look for comparisons, and it's hard on him because he's very unique. He's very different, and they know it, and they feed it. I think he's a little bit Adrian Peterson and a little bit Eric Dickerson. I mean, in in the sense that he never looks flashy, but he's got great vision. He's got inline quickness and smoothness. The straight arm is there, and then he's got that breakaway speed, a lot like Jonathan. You just don't see it. Now, all of a sudden, he's through there. A couple defensive backs make business decisions and he's out the gate. He's a home run hitter. So, I mean, there's no question that they have to do that uh, to win. 
And then, you know, I think, you know, obviously the, you mentioned it, the health of the receivers. Brown had a really big game last week with eight for 133, you know, and, and a touchdown. I mean, he, he really – he makes the difference. I think as good as Julio Jones is on the 50-50 balls and the drives, when they really need a passing play, they want to get it to Brown, and they're, they're going to move him around. Again, I think their offensive line is really suspect if you get ahead. The only thing I'll mention before I get into the must is that, and I want to mention this because I have to keep it real, and we have to make sure we don't make this mistake again. I said this before. The two things that killed us in game one was not leveraging Tannehill on the boot because the boots are a part of their game. It's, it's, it's run, play action, bootleg. It's a three-tiered attack. Okay, contain him on the boot. Don't let him get the leverage on the boot. And then we gave up, if you remember, I went bananas that day. We gave up three uncontested red zone plays. Now, that is not going to happen again. I will guarantee you that won't happen again. But those are the two areas, that red zone and that containing of the boot. Now, stopping Henry, the conventional runs, there's no question, uh, 6,600 yards, 65 rushing touchdowns. I mean, to me, the biggest thing, you have to penetrate and set the edge, but you never want to sit on that line of scrimmage and let them get a, a head of steam. You want to penetrate, and then your linebackers have to attack. I mean, you're going to have to play heavy fronts. You can't play them in a light box, that's for sure. And you've got to play them all day because they're going to keep feeding them. It's not, you're not going to have 15 carries, you know. Now, the thing about him, though, and I've said this many times, and I thought we actually did a good job and. You know, numerically, you can say I'm wrong, but the games that he breaks you open and breaks your back are games that he hits the home run, gets the 60-yard run, gets the 70-yard run. You know, if you can keep him around 4.0, like I think we we held him to 114, which you could say, well, he gained over 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 100, mm-hmm. but he did it with 4.0. So I can, if if I can do that, if I can hold him to 4.0 and 114. You know what? I'm going to take that. I am actually going to take that. And that, you know, that's going to take discipline. You got to keep that ball in a circle. You got to close and you got to get gang tackles. You don't want to let them want, you don't want to let him one-on-one with your defensive backs because he can embarrass some of those guys. And don't forget McNichols. McNichols got that last touchdown against us. He's their space change up. When he comes in a game, it's more pass, but you got to number one, you got to stop Henry. Now, number two, and this is all kind of combined, okay, your, your corners have to play great in this game. And they're going to be forced, whether you play at zone or whether you play at man, they're going to be forced to play a bunch of one-on-one on the outside. And you've got to crowd Jones and Brown, in my opinion. I think they're the kind of receivers, if you remember in basketball, they used to use the, what the, the Pistons used to use what they called the Jordan rules against Michael Jordan. And in a nutshell, that was is prevent Jordan from getting the ball. And I think what's really important is you crowd these guys. Jones doesn't run like he used to, and, and Brown has always been a 4-5. He's not a burner. Uh, but, you know, obviously Jones has the big catching radius, and Brown has an amazing ability to yak yards after the catch. He's just physical. He can run out of tackles. And so you want to be on those guys tight. You don't want to give them any daylight. Uh, I, I, I want our corners to be really aggressive. And and they know we're going to play an eight-man front. I mean, they've always – they went right after Yassin in the last game. I mean, they go after our corners. So I think one of the biggest things 
in, in winning this game, particularly the way they're playing now, is not only stopping Henry, but crowding and resisting and basically challenging these receivers. Number three, we've got to play great in the red zone, okay? As I said, I mentioned it twice, mentioned it three times. That was the killer in Nashville. Now, their 221 stats are not as good as they're playing right now. I think they're like 18th, but they were number two in 220. And they're in that upward trajectory, that's where they're playing so much better. Again, they hit three touchdown passes uncontested against us. And the other thing that makes them good is Tannehill will run quarterback designers. If you look last week, he ran that naked in for a touchdown. He's run zone reads. They don't run him by nature. He extends, and he'll extend a bootleg. But when they get in the red zone, there will be designers. So you've got to be very, very careful on the edge, okay? Now, you know, I think the other thing, and I'll just mention again, hold the edges on Tannehill. You know, he killed us in game one with that 28-yard run on the bootleg. And again, very concerned with him in the red zone. Don't be afraid to bring outside pressure on first down from your perimeter and particularly from the field because they don't really like to buy, they don't like to really boot him into the short side of the field. They like to boot him strong. And if you could hit him early and discourage that with outside pressure, I think it would be good. The other thing that Tannehill has done lately, even Sunday, as well as he played, and even in our game, he will, he, this year he has tended occasionally, not a lot, but he's occasionally, uh, you know, he's occasionally thrown that ball into a pep rally, as, as Mike Vrabel said. Incidentally, Vrabel is doing his very best Belichick right now <laughs> to try to tamp down the hype. I mean, he came out of there surly after the game, and I know that that's an act. That's just for his team so that they don't, you know, they don't get too high on themselves. But I think we can get some turnovers on this guy if we can get that league. And, again, get him in disadvantage, attack their offensive line. You know, as good as they are on offense, you know, they're, they're 26th in the past and they're 26th in sacks. So, you know, I, like I said, I don't think they can play from a two-possession two deficit. That's why it's so important to have a, a fast start and for off our offense just to challenge them and get after them. You know, they're, they're kind of a they're left tackle. Like I said, they're down to number three, Bobby Hart. I mean, it's just, you know, they really, really struggle. And the other thing that I've, I've seen, Tannehill, I've talked to you about Tannehill throwing it into a crowd at times this year. The other thing I've seen because of their issues at left tackle, I've seen those strip sacks off the blind side. So let's get Quiddy going. Let's get him off that blind side, and let's see if he can get some strip sacks this week. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the Titans on defense. That unit is definitely the weaker of the two compared to their offense, but they are coming off their best performance of the season, holding the Chiefs at just three points and four for 11 on third down. Despite the three points to Kansas City, though, they've allowed at least 30 points in three games so far this season, and they are susceptible in the passing game. They held the Colts in check to just 16 points in the first meeting, but we all know that was the game that Carson Wentz barely made it active with his two bad ankle sprains. He's a much better quarterback now. The Colts are a much better offense than the 265 yards of total offense they had in week three in the Music City. So what do you make of the Titans on defense? They're rushing the passer much better this year than they did last season. Where have they improved since the Colts last saw them four weeks ago? Well, Matt, I, I think you just kind of hit it on the head. I, I think that the two anomalies, in, 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 and I'm going to say they're positive anomalies for the Titans, 
the two games that they looked the best uh, was against us in game three. But I think it was an anomaly in that they knew that Carson, I mean, he played courageously, but he couldn't move. And so every time they got second and long, they brought the house. Mm -hmm. I mean, they brought all Nashville after him. And I think it's a distortion to how good they are. And then last week they played with that humongous lead and they were able to get in the most perfect ratio that they need to get into. And you're right about the rush. I'll get into that. Uh, But I still think that it is their weak link. And I think it is the thing that for their defense overall prevents them from being an elite team and it makes them vulnerable week in and week out. And that's why I think we have such a good opportunity here. You know, they, you know, their corners, uh, you know, they, 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 they've gone out and they've invested in Jack Rabbit and Fulton, but they've had injuries on the right side. They've gone through people. Last week they started Mabin, who was, who, who was basically they signed a week ago on the practice squad to play right corner. So, you know, as much as they've invested, you know, uh, you know, with the exception of Jack Rabbit, who I think you can beat, uh, that's Jack Rabbit Jenkins, I think you can beat because I had him in St. Louis. You know, they still, that's a very fluid position for them. You know, I don't feel like, now, you could argue with me on Sunday that with all the money they've invested, I mean, those four guys up front, Landry, Simmons, Autry, and Dupree, are big investment guys for them. Those aren't just guys that came in off the street. They're either high draft picks or free agent signings for good money. But I don't think week in and week out that they've really shown that, you know, in a game where, it's both run and pass. Now you look at uh, some key guys. I mean, some key guys, it's obviously starts with Landry. You know, Landry has like 37 tackles and seven and a half sacks. He's always given us problems, even with Costanzo was here. You know, he's undersized, but he gets after it. Bayard, three picks, you know, 29 tackles, seven PBUs. Those two guys are their statistical knockout guys. And then Autry's coming on. He had two sacks uh, Sunday uh, and three and a half for the season. And, you know, we know Autry. I mean, he can play all over. But where he's really effective as a rusher is when he gets inside on your guards, particularly your right guard. And then Evans and Long, I think, are very, very good stack linebackers. Uh, I think between the two of them, they have something like 88 tackles. I mean, they, they really go. Uh, you know, but, you know, again, when you when you look at them statistically, it's it's a team that you feel like you could really, you know, you can really play with. Um, I, I think, you know, in terms of the must, you know, I think the first thing is, and, and this is really important, they're always going to be in an over or under. And you hear me say this week after we keep pounding at the bubble and get in three wide receivers some to get them in that nickel on first down, not on third down, and run right at Landry on the right side. Landry is a terrific loose play guy, but he's not a real physical guy at the point. And so if you can get a nickel and get them unsubbed, I'm talking about first down nickel, okay, which is basically basic for them, then you want to get right after Landry. His plays come on the passing game, no question about that. You know, I think Simmons and Autry are solid. I would work the edges, work the edges, but crack back on those safeties. You cannot, you cannot let Bayer down in there. Or the kid that played good against us and played good Sunday was Krushank, who's the backup, you know, along with Hooker's back, Evans and Long. you got to get those second level, those linebackers and those safeties blocked on those outside plays. Now, I'll tell you where they've saved themselves and they won the Buffalo game, short yardage and goal line. This is where you really have to have a nice package and you got to be able to knock them off that ball because 
you know, if you remember, they stopped Buffalo on that fourth and one sneaker. That game might have been different. So, you know, they are number nine on the rush, on rush defense. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge. Number two, I, I think, you know, I think that we're better on this, but I still see a shaky at times. We got to protect the edges. I mean, Landry will give Fisher all he wants off that right side with those sacks, and he is very, very quick and athletic. So Fisher's got to really keep his feet moving. Dupree on the other side, you know, uh, you know, Dupree basically has 39 and a half sacks in his career. Now he got his first one Sunday got his first one for the Titans, and he's, he is coming back from Achilles, much like uh, Fisher is on the other side. So he seems to be getting better. And our guy, Autry, has 34 career sacks and two last week. So, you know, those are the things. Do not, you know, and again, if we can stay ahead of them and keep, a, keep that rush package on the bench, that's all the difference in the world. Again, third down, is their favorite down, and that's that's usually where teams fail. This is where they got ahead Sunday, and they are very classic. They're they're really fairly basic on first and second down, but then on third down they start dealing it up. And the first thing they do is they get Landry, Dupree, Simmons, and Autry as their front four, and then they can make it a delta or a three man look, and they can walk Landry. He walks around different spots. He can rush inside, outside. And then they give you a lot of blitz in that situation, and they give you a lot of tough man-to-man coverage. So, you know, they are number 15 in sacks, and those are coming more lately, and they're number 15 on third down. Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor right there, Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. JMV here, Heavy Sports Cafe. We're in Canby. What am I almost said? Bud Light Blue Friday brings us to you. The form credit union is what I'm trying to say. Question of the week is as follows. Michael Pittman Jr. has 508 receiving yards through the first seven games. That's the most receiving yards by a Colts player through the first seven games since 2017. Who was that player? I got the answer for you coming up on the other side. Meantime, this is brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. More to come. This is Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're live at Heavy Sports Cafe in Canby today. Kyle's going to join us in just a second. Uh, he runs things here, but I did want to answer that Forum Credit Union question of the week. Michael Pittman Jr., 508 receiving yards through the first seven games. The most receiving yards by a Colts player through the first seven games since 2017. This should be incredibly easy for you to get. Uh, the answer to that question is wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, who, by the way, is expected to play coming up against the Titans on Sunday. Visit the forum, Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Interact with other fans online. You can post a topic, participate in various discussions regarding the Colts. Forum Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. I mentioned Kyle here runs heavies. We are in Canby. Thank you for having us on this Bud Light Blue Friday. This yes, has sir. been awesome, man. Thank you, sir. Absolutely yeah, we appreciate you being awesome. Out. You still got them coming in. I yeah. can't remember a time 
when we had a crowd at like 315 like this, <laughs> right. you guys were rip-roaring rip and ready to go yeah. here. Hey, let's give it up to everybody that's in the house yeah, today. Thank you, fans, yeah, everybody. Thank you very much. Kyle's over here looking for some love. Come hey, on, give us some love, yeah. Anyway. Thank you so much, um, yeah. yeah what, um, you got a lot? Great food here and everything yes, else, sir. correct? Yes, sir. We have uh, prime rib every Friday. Um, you know, we do a full menu here, full bar. Um, you know, it's kind of like Cheers here. We try to do yep. like a small town atmosphere, uh, kind of like Carrie Mann said earlier. You know, everybody in the community kind of helps out, comes in. Uh, we enjoy everybody that comes in. We're always cheering on the Colts every Sunday. Uh, we have the NFL ticket, so whatever you know, whatever team you're cheering for, we'll put it on for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a sports yep. bar. You know, we, we try to do all that stuff. So well, we've had a great time here, awesome. Kyle. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Once again, we're in Canby, yes, Heartland sir. Crossing, yes, sir. right off of State Road 67. This is Heavy Sports Cafe. Kyle, thank you, man, for yes, having awesome. us. Yes, awesome. Yeah, thank you so great, much for coming out. Great place and great food, and yeah. we cannot wait to do that again. All a part now of Colts Happy Hour as we continue moving forward, top of the hour. Pacer pregame. You've got the Pacers on the road in Brooklyn, the first of a back-to-back. -back. Tomorrow night at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, it's the Toronto Raptors. Tonight, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Pregame coverage, top of the hour, as we begin to close out this episode of Colts Happy Hour. On a Friday at Heavies and Camby, it's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good Lord, Valier, I love you with Paperboy and Diddy as the re-entry right there. That's well done, Colts Happy Hour. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, the Colts Audio Network includes Colts Official Podcast. I don't know if it includes Paperboy by Diddy, but it should. Radio shows, press conferences, and player interviews. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you download podcasts. Listening to exclusive Colts Audio content on demand. You can stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule, which is awesome. I did want to remind you of this, too. Coming up on Sunday morning, right, we're going to get you ready for week number eight. I am going to be at the Bullseye Event Center Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m. Now, 9 until 10 at the Bullseye Event Center, and that is before the doors open. So I'll be there kind of setting the stage for you at the Bullseye Event Center. And then I'm going to bail and head up north of Lucas Oil Stadium, and it is going to be the Colts pregame huddle. That's me, former Colts wide receiver Bill Brooks, Former old lineman Joe Wrights and current whatever, Goreman, coming up from Touchdown Town. That's Bud Light Touchdown Town coming up on Sunday, 10 until noon. Countdown to kickoff with Matt, Rick, and Lara Overton soon after that at noon. And then the kick of what is a mammoth game on Sunday between the Titans and the Colts is underway at 1 o'clock. Now, the Colts' injury list is not robust, and that is a first. In fact, I was trying to think a little bit earlier today, when was the last time this team did not have a scroll of injuries compared to the team in which they were playing, and that is not the case. So, expected back, Braden Smith, expected back, T.Y. Hilton, 
Now with the offensive line and Braden Smith, that means you're going to get a good look at what the vision was from this organization on that offensive line together for the first time this season. That is expected coming up on Sunday. The return of T.Y. Elton, the wide receiver. Rock Yassin uh, looks as if he is going to be back as well. Xavier Rhodes looks good to go. Kamoko Ture as well. For the Titans, Julio Jones has been ruled out earlier today. So the wide receiver will not be playing in that game on Sunday. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, everybody here. Kyle and the gang here at Heavies, our friends at Zinc and Bud Light. Coming up next, Pacer pregame show, Pacers and the Nets. It is right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.